Hello and welcome to a new episode of Publishing Insight, an interview podcast about working in publishing. I'm Flavia Euros and in this episode I interview Caroline Carpenter, Deputy Features Editor at the Bookseller and YA Book Prize Chair. Caroline tells us about her main tasks and responsibilities and the most important skills to work in a literary or book trade magazine. She also tells us about how the YA Book Prize started, some interesting behind the scenes and the adjustments and ideas she has worked on this year to make the prize more digital. For any comments or feedback, you can write me an email at publishinginsight at gmail.com or get in touch on Twitter and Instagram at flamflam91, flam91. Using the hashtag publishinginsight, this podcast is an independent project, so if you'd like to support it, you can donate on coffee, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and recommend it to a friend. All the links mentioned are in the description box of the podcast and on my website www.publishing-inside.com. The latest review I've received this month is from S. Thomas97, who writes, This is so insightful and such a good idea. Such a brilliant range of publishing professionals you've interviewed too. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate if you could write a review on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast player. Thank you very much and happy listening. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Publishing Inside. Today my guest is Caroline Carpenter, Deputy Features Editor at The Bookseller and Chair of the YA Book Prize. Welcome Caroline. How are you? Hello. I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for being with me on the podcast for this episode. Thank you for asking me. Uh, No problem, it's my pleasure. Should I start with the first question? Okay. Can you tell us about your academic and career path so far? Sure. So I always had a love for reading and writing and I did a degree in English and creative writing at Royal Holloway, University of London. Um, when I when I started my degree, I think I thought that I wanted to grow up and be an author. But by the end of my degree, I realised that that was not a job um, that someone would just pay me to do. So I I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated, and I didn't have much work experience. So I decided to just gain some experience in administration roles. Um. And then while I was doing that, a friend approached me with some freelance editing work and uh, I really enjoyed that. And I started to think that with my skill set around writing and editing, that maybe that was something that I could go into. So I, um, with that in mind and my love for books, I was drawn towards the publishing industry. So I, I did some work experience placements at a couple of publishers and one of those placements actually led to me researching a book which I was then asked to write by the publisher um so I did that and that took up a couple of months and then I was just applying for jobs in publishing and found it really hard actually to get my foot in the door so in the end I ended up working for a newspaper publishing company um but it was in the advertising department. So I worked there for about a year. And I think I always knew that 
that kind of role in sales wasn't really for me but it was good experience nonetheless and um, after that year I decided that I would give book publishing one more try so I, I did an internship at Random House for a couple of weeks um, and I was really lucky that I um, that my mum lives on the sort of outskirts of London so I was able to to do all these placements that I probably wouldn't have been able to afford if I if I didn't live um, in London and then just after I around the same time that I was at Random House um, I, I found Creative Access which is a charity set up to help um, people from underrepresented backgrounds in the media industry to get into the media industry. So I applied for a few roles through there, a few internships through Creative Access. And one of those internships was at the bookseller. So, um, yeah, I had my interview at the bookseller and then I've been there ever since. And that was about six and a half years ago. Um, and during my time at the bookseller, I've, I, I came in as editorial assistant as part of the news team and then I I got kept on after my year I was in the um the role of staff writer and then I moved across to work as web editor on social media and the website and now I'm deputy features editor and I've also covered the children's editor role so I've moved around a lot in my time at the bookseller and done lots of different things. Perfect thank you very much that's really great thank you for sharing your experience and also magazine publishing it's an area I haven't covered much on the podcast yet so I'm sure your experience will be extremely valuable uh, for our listeners and what does a typical day as deputy features editor at the bookseller and chair of the YA book prize look like? So it, it can be quite varied um, because I have two roles kind of. Um, as deputy features editor, I tip typically work on pieces for the, the magazine. So that involves researching features. I often get approached um, by publishers with ideas for features. And then I will interview people either in person or over the phone or email. And then I'll I'll write things, write these features up. And obviously I have to meet a deadline. We have a weekly magazine, so there's um quite strict deadlines to me and word counts and <laughs> things like that. Um so yeah, that's one side of my role. And then the other side of my role is as the chair of the YA Book Prize. Um so for that, I I basically oversee everything to do with the organisation of the prize, and I make sure that we kind of the, the schedule ticks over from launching the prize every year in September until we announce the winner at Hay Festival in spring. The work on the prize isn't necessarily something I do every day, um, and it tends to be busiest from when we announce the shortlist in February or March until we reveal the winner at the end of May. Perfect, thanks. And I think you covered this partially, but what are your main tasks and responsibilities for these two roles? In the deputy features role, a lot of what I work on is around the bookseller special projects, which focus on different areas of the, the industry. So, for example, I have led the editorial content on the booksellers regional and country focuses for Scotland, Wales and the north of England. Um, and that meant that earlier this year I went to visit Edinburgh and Cardiff 
to meet lots of publishers and organisations in those areas. Um, and obviously, since lockdown, it's meant a lot of meetings over Zoom. So, yeah, the features work is quite a lot of projects throughout the year. And then for the YA Book Prize, there's a real variety of roles and responsibilities. Um, I work with colleagues to read all of the submissions and decide on the 10 shortlisted books. I put together the judging panel and I chair the judging panel in the meeting where we decide the winner. I work with the shortlisted authors and their publicists to arrange um, social media activity and events around the prize. And unfortunately not this year, but most years I work with Hay Festival on the winner's announcement event and also other relevant organisations like the Young Adult Literature Convention to make sure that there's visibility for the prize throughout the year. That's really fascinating. Thank you very much. And the YA Prize launched in 2014. How did the idea for this prize come about and what are its mission and vision? The idea for the prize actually came from a conversation between my colleague Charlotte Eyre and our CEO, who's Nigel Roby. And it was inspired by an article that another colleague had written for the magazine, um, which was about children's book prizes. And the article highlighted that lots of children's publishers at the time felt that prizes focused on books for younger children and that a lot of YA from the UK and Ireland was being overshadowed by YA from America um, and big series like The Hunger Games. Um, so, um, So the CEO and my colleague Charlotte were talking and they said, oh, someone should create a prize to fill that gap. And then um, and then the conversation evolved into, well, why doesn't the bookseller? Because we have all the contacts within the publishing industry. We already won the British Book Awards. Um, maybe this is something we could do. So then a team of people in-house started to put together the prize. And um, yeah, and it launched in 2014. So I, I was very involved in the prize from the start I've always run the social media for the prize which has been quite a big focus considering we're trying to um, target teenagers um, and and the the mission and the vision of the prize are really just to celebrate the wonderful YA publishing coming from the UK and Ireland and to share those books more widely with people and to inspire teenagers and young adults to read more yeah absolutely i agree that there was a gap in the market in terms of prices for teenagers and young adults so definitely it was a great idea of the bookseller to set up this prize and i think now it's one of the most popular prizes in, in the uk so it's definitely a success and a great a great prize and award that uh, it is followed and waited for every year by a lot of readers. Oh, thank you. And in your opinion, how has the landscape of young adult literature in the UK evolved from 2014 to now? Well, that's a really interesting question. And I, I was thinking about this and I think that YA literature really caught publishers' attentions because of the success of big series like Twilight and The Hunger Games. And I think back in 2014, there was still quite a focus on fantasy um, 
and series such as the Half Bad series by Sally Green, which was shortlisted for the Way Book Prize way, way back in 2014. And I would say that that has changed a bit now. I think there's more books coming out of the UK and Ireland which are more focused on contemporary realistic issues facing teenagers and often there are quite sort of tricky and gritty issues so for example the latest winner of the wire book prize was meat market by juno dawson and that's an expose of the dark side of the fashion industry so that's really quite a it can be quite dark in places yeah absolutely and i think that nowadays teenagers and even children are more interested in topics like climate change and they start being activists since a really young age so probably this is reflected in publishing and publishing trends as well yeah definitely I think children and young young adults are are exposed to a lot at a young age so really I believe that books are one of the safest ways as long as as long as they're written and published responsibly they're one of the safest ways for young people to engage with difficult and um, potentially dangerous ideas and subjects it's it's better for them to read about it in a book and understand it through through writing than to come across something on the internet that might not be edited in any way yeah absolutely and books are a great way to learn about new topics and to try and gain a more in-depth knowledge uh, about new topics. So definitely great resources for teenagers, um, as well as adults, obviously. And are there any interesting behind the scenes of the YA Prize that you can share with us? And what are your favourite memories about the prize? Well, um, yeah, unfortunately, there isn't, there isn't really much scandal behind the scenes of the YA Book Prize. but. Um, I always think it's quite interesting at the the meetings to decide the shortlist and the winner. Obviously, I can't go into too much detail, but um, I'd say what's quite interesting is it's it's normally quite obvious within the meetings that when it comes to the shortlist, there might be around 15 books that are, are really strong contenders. And when it comes to the winner, maybe two or three books that are really strong contenders. So it's normally quite easy to narrow it down to those numbers but from then on it beca- it can become quite an intense discussion about with everyone arguing for their favorites and kind of really trying to get their point across so that's that's quite interesting um and we with the meeting to decide the winning book we normally have some teenagers present um and I'm always really impressed by the teenagers and how articulate they are and how passionate they are as well um so that's that's one of my highlights. Another thing is just how much love there is for the prize. That's a real highlight. There's always so much excitement around the announcements. Um, I think particularly the shortlist announcement. Obviously, there are 10, 10 authors and books being celebrated every year. And it's just such a buzz to get those out there. And there's always really positive feedback. It's been trending on Twitter. And we've had some great events around the shortlist as well so we were even at twitter hq once um that was really cool um but also as much as we celebrate the shortlist i think that the winners are just a really great showcase of of uk ya publishing and 
um, I know that it, it does mean a lot to people to win the prize. And we've we've given the prize to two debut authors. Um, so the first one was Louise O'Neill, who won the very first YA Book Prize. And then uh, two years later, P- Patrice Lawrence. And it, it's really great to see that the prize helped them launch their careers as authors. And even other authors who've won, who may have had be further along in their careers have said it it has been a real highlight for them so that's that's really great to know that it it does make a difference yeah that's really great thank you very much um in your opinion why are literary prizes so important for the publishing industry and readers in general nowadays i think for readers it's because it can be quite you know it's quite widely acknowledged that publishing produces too many books every year um there are so many books that come out it can be quite hard for them to get the attention that they deserve but literary prizes are a way for books to stand out from the crowd so i think if you're someone who who doesn't necessarily know what books are coming out if you go into a bookshop and you see that a book's won a prize you can't you think oh well it's probably quite good and you feel a bit more confident about spending your money on it so I think that is why it's important for readers and that also links into why it's important for publishers because prizes often mean that books sell more and that's also reflected in the press coverage that the book and the author may then get and also the interest from literary festivals and events. So I think for for publishers, it often means more book sales, which is always a positive. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. This year has been obviously a difficult year because of COVID and especially for literary events and physical events. Uh, what kind of adjustment have uh, you and the bookseller made to make the YA prize accessible digitally compared to previous years? So we actually had a lot of plans this year to do a big shortlist announcement event for the first time, which obviously didn't happen. <laughs> it was supposed to be at London Book Fair and um, and then we realised that wasn't going to be able to happen. So that was that was disappointing but we just moved quite quickly to have the the shortlist announcement online which was what we'd we'd always done before we've always had quite a big focus on social media so it wasn't too hard to switch to that again every year we have a big social media sort of schedule and as part of that we Um, I host Twitter chats with all of the shortlisted authors Um, because we had slightly less time this year because we because of timing because of COVID was a little bit more um, undecided (laughs) instead of interviewing the authors one by one I interviewed two authors every week for five weeks before the winner announcement so that was quite interesting um, and I think it was a good dynamic having two authors instead of one author um, because they were able to interact with each other. The other adjustment, the major adjustment really was that the winner is normally announced at Hay Festival and we work with Hay Festival on having, trying to have a, a great dynamic event for the winner announcement but also they will make sure that the authors also are on other panels and that's always a really nice 
trip to Hay Festival and we always have a dinner with the shortlisted authors. It's always a really nice experience. So it was a real shame to not be able to do that this year. But what we tried to do instead was we brought in a great digital and social media professional, Sana, who you might know as the YouTuber Books and Quills. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Sana helped us out and with her help, we arranged three digital panels to sort of replace the ones that would have happened at Hay, which Sana hosted. And they were really great. They were live streamed from Zoom onto YouTube. And so we could see people watching along, asking questions. They're still available on the Booksellers YouTube channel if anyone wants to watch them. Um, And that was really nice because, again, the authors could interact with each other and the the topics that we used to bring the authors together were quite wide ranging so it brought together authors that might not normally be put together in events which was interesting and then we had the winner announcement was digital as well and normally we don't tell the YA book prize winner beforehand which is quite unusual um it really is normally a big surprise until the last minute until they're announced on stage But this year, because of trying to do it online, we did tell the author slightly in advance so that she could pre-record a video and send it to us. And we we factored that in as part of the announcement. So that was those were the main differences. But I think the reception was still great. And I think everyone is is having to adapt to do things digitally at the moment. So it it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Yeah, well done for shifting to digital so quickly. And these are really great ideas and great ways of connecting digitally to readers and and the audience that usually attend literary events or literary festivals. Thank you. And what advice would you give to people who would like to work for a literary magazine or a book trade magazine? I would say it's quite a niche job. Um, there probably aren't that many jobs available at um, specifically book trade magazines or literary magazines. But if if you wanted to go for this kind of job or a job within the arts and culture sector, then I would say um, try to gain some writing experience, whether that's for a local newspaper or a university newspaper, or even just writing for your own blog. It would be good to have some examples of your writing. If you're specifically interested in the publishing industry, then obviously you should keep up to date with what's happening, both in terms of the the big industry news and also trends within publishing. And also, I would say, read widely. Yeah, read as widely as you can, or at least be aware of books that are out there, even if you might not particularly be interested in them. You never know when it might be useful to be able to know books across different genres yeah and I suppose the final thing which kind of goes for any job I think is just try to gain any relevant skills that you think could help boost your application so possibly a good working knowledge of social media platforms something like that could be quite helpful yes my next question was about uh, what are the most important skills to become a book editor in a magazine or newspaper but I think you've covered this already or would you like to add anything? Well, I would just say um, like reading a lot and reading quite quickly <laughs> would probably be useful. Um, being able to recognise um, what books might become future hit. Um, 
being able to identify the sort of the story around a book and if that's interesting so if the author has an interesting backstory or if there's something different about how the book came to be published and a a couple of other skills that would be really useful not just for this but for lots of different roles are just being really organized with your time and able to meet deadlines and also being able to communicate and write clearly yeah absolutely thank you very much and last question what are you reading at the moment and what's your favorite book of the year so far so at the moment I'm reading a book called Natives by Akala which is quite unusual for me because I don't I don't read as much non-fiction as I should um, after saying that you should read widely um yeah I would say that I've actually been reading a lot less in lockdown I found it quite hard to read because I normally read on my commute to work which is quite long um and I found it quite hard to concentrate in lockdown so I haven't read as much as I normally would but um two books that I I really enjoyed before lockdown were Three Hours by Rosamund Lupton which is a really tense thriller about an attack on a school um and then another book I enjoyed was Pretending by Holly Bourne, which is, is quite a funny, but also quite a perceptive book uh, about modern dating. Um, but yeah, I would say that they're quite unusual recommendations for me because I normally read a lot of children's and YA, but they're both adult books. If you don't mind, I'm just going to be a bit cheeky and say that. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> I will also say that I think that all of the the books on the YA Book Prize shortlist this year are really good. If anyone's looking for for recommendations, um, yeah, they're all really fantastic books, and I think it was one of the sh- strongest shortlists that we've ever had. So I would recommend any of those books. Yeah, I will write a blog post on the podcast website uh, with all the titles you mentioned, and then I will add also the uh, shortlist uh, for this year. Oh, thank you. So our listeners can find us inspiration for their next thread. <laughs> and that was my last question. Thank you very much for your time and for joining me on the podcast today and for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us. I'm sure our audience will really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. That is all for this episode of Publishing Insight. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it and found it useful. If so, please subscribe and recommend it to a friend. You can find all the links mentioned in the description box along with my email address, website and social media handles. I hope you're having a nice day and I'll see you in the next episode.